Hello and welcome to Philosophy with Will Anderson. This is Will Anderson from the title of the podcast and uh, I'm on tour. So uh, Hobart is almost sold out. So if you're in Hobart and you want to come see my brand new show, Will Informed, uh, comedy.com.au for the final tickets for that. And then a month at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Uh, it's the first time in ages that I've really basically debuted a show in Melbourne. Normally do the Adelaide Fringe and Brisbane Comedy Festival, but uh, not doing those this year. So it, uh, particularly that first week's going to be really exciting, uh, finding out what the show is, putting it uh, into the correct shape. And speaking of that, uh, I will be doing a you know work slightly more progress than my work in progress shows at the Sydney Comedy Store. So if you came along to those shows and you want to see uh, what it's become, I've sort of got like an hour and a half, an hour. 40 uh they're coming up and i will uh you know sort of run all the stuff that i think will uh, end up being in the 60 to 70 minute show uh 60 for hobart and then uh 70 for the comedy festival so if you want to see um all of it all the bits <laughs> that i'm going to cut out uh, plus the bits that are going to be in it and uh what it will become you can come and have a look at that at the sydney comedy store one show only uh but yes a longer show and uh um, that'd be a fun show to come to if you came to some of the work in progress shows or a fun show to come to if you didn't come to any of those shows. Anyway, it'll be a fun show. Come and see that show. Um, all right. Uh, today's guest, Father Bob, absolute legend. Uh, this will happen on Twitter. Bob was talking about going on podcasts. I saw that. I've always wanted to have Bob on the podcast. Seemed perfect, right? So hit him up. Uh, young podcast Mike, put it all together. Uh, we had to delay it a couple of days because Bob uh, had been ill, getting some medical attention, but you wouldn't have known it when we sat down. Uh, it was a uh, Tuesday morning, and uh, we sat down at about 10 o'clock in the morning um, and uh, had a brilliant chat. Uh, I did not ask Bob in this episode uh, what his philosophy is, if he has a philosophy. Uh, and the main reason is that once you listen to this, you'll understand everything that Bob says is a philosophy. Uh, in this podcast alone, in 70, 80 minutes, you're going to hear, you know, literally, you know, tens hundreds maybe even of uh, individual nuggets, individual philosophies. Um, I certainly didn't have to ask a lot of questions and the questions that I did ask I barely got through because um, Bob has such a wonderful mind that, um, you know, all you need to do is keep the ball in the air and then just sit back and listen to him talk. So it was an absolute pleasure to uh, be across the table from him listening to everything and uh, I hope you're going to get the same feeling out of this podcast all right i hope you like it and uh, uh you know you can go to patreon.com slash tofop if you want to donate um help me you know keep the lights on and uh, pay uh, mike hell and uh, podcast mike my two mics so uh you know it's a podcast a man and two mics and uh, the two mics are mike hell a u.s producer who cuts it all together and uh podcast mike who uh, books it and puts it all out and uh, they're both doing a brilliant job so uh we pay them i don't make any money out of this podcast but they do get paid and uh um, your money that you contribute uh, in whatever way coming and see a show or you know supporting us through the patreon or you know uh, clicking on one of the links in one of the ads when we've got an ad on the show any of those things help us uh, get a bit of money together to pay them and keep the podcast coming out regularly so um, enjoy this one with father bob cheers Short. It could be taken at any minute. <laughs> eh? 
Uh, hello and welcome to Philosophy with Will Anderson. Um, very excited to have today's guest on. By public demand, that's what I'm going to say. Oh, uh, that's nice, isn't it? Saw you tweeting the other day that you were thinking about uh, doing a podcast uh, to get yeah. your ideas out. And yeah. I immediately was like, I'd love if you would come and do my uh, podcast. Yeah, oh, well, this is nice. how we start. I actually asked the guests to explain to the audience who they are. Who, who I am. Bob yeah, McGuire, born 1934, uh, of Scottish uh, immigrants. Uh, from Glasgow, um, uh, went to school in the in the Christian Brothers in St Kilda. Uh, went from there to the uh, Roman Catholic, what will I call it, uh, priest training facility. Emerged nineteen sixty, commissioned nineteen sixty. Did parish work for about nine years around the traps. Uh, then joined the army during the Vietnam War, uh, didn't go to the war, but ran a thing called character training course. What's a character training course? Well, it's interesting. It was the, 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 the Americans were beaten in Korea by an ideology, otherwise known as uh, uh, Chinese uh, Marxism. So they got very, very disappointed that they had no ideology that could combat it. They went away and they came out with the American solution, which was, oh, I think we will go back to the Greeks, the philosophers. And they came up with a course that was called character training. And they said, well, look, whatever about a killing machine in Vietnam, we want uh, our soldiers to be to have character and to treat the country they're invading with respect, which was a big thing for the Americans. Now, the Aussies took it on because the Americans had convinced the Australians that there was a Chinese invasion imminent. They would come through Asia and invade Australia. So we had national service, and we then installed the uh, thank God the Ameri- the army office installed character training as being part of basic training for conscripts. How do you? I I always imagine uh, <clears throat> I put myself in different times, you know, and uh, think what would it be like to be conscripted by your government yeah. to have to go and kill somebody because yeah. you know there's a few basic principles by which I think that I you know, live my life. And yeah. the idea that I wouldn't intentionally kill somebody yeah. is is on that list. It's yeah. kind of one of those no-brainers that you automatically put on your yeah. list. But that's partly because I've never had to confront the idea that well, I Well, the Aussies, be- you see, had the, um, what will I say, when they went to Vietnam, they were confronted with people that they didn't want to hurt. Right. But they were told there was a mob within the community, otherwise known as the Viet Cong, uh, who the Americans told us were communists. Uh, but in fact, we learned that in fact were not communists. They were in fact nationalists. And that was the struggle in Vietnam. However, early days, our soldiers were confronted with the dilemma. I am driving an armoured personnel carrier. Uh, a child approaches the armoured personnel carrier and says, chocolates, lollies. The soldier says, oh, yes, here you are, darling. The child places a bomb 
of the armoured personnel carrier and it's destroyed. Therefore, the Australians had to learn, when approached by a child, you may well have to shoot the child first. Now, that to us was uh, unthinkable, but it had to become the modus operandi of our soldiers in Vietnam. They were very, 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 what's the word? Uh, They were very um, villager uh, uh, friendly, you see, because they realised they were not in their own country. The Americans learned it at uh, My Lai when, uh, was it Major Kelly or Captain Kelly, Um, uh, was in a helicopter, uh, looked down and saw... Uh, that another officer was about to uh, shoot uh, uh, mindlessly people because they were villagers. They were there just because they were there. He landed and said, listen, sport, if you continue to do that, I'm going to get my soldiers, US Marines, to fire on you. You see? Now, that's nice because the Mili incident, M-Y-L-A-I, uh, was a turning point in the consciousness of the American people that they were maybe going uh, beyond what was necessary. I'm, I'm really interested in that, and we're going to jump all over the place today yeah. because there's so many things to talk about. Yeah. But in when you're someone who has been raised through that Catholic system, yeah. you know, you're somebody who you know has been training you know, in that world yeah. um, and you know we know one of the core principles is you know thou sh- shall not kill right yeah that's you know, one of the early that comes from the desert right that's the Jew one of the original ones See? right and even you Muhammad picks up on the desert experience because uh, uh, he was a great lover of the Old Testament and also a great lover of the uh, Jesus Testament see and then he adds his own uh, desert spirituality. So, how do you reconcile in times of war that idea when you're, you know, you're dealing with these soldiers, mm. you're, you're helping them train, mm. you, the idea of that they're going off to yeah. kill people? How, well, you how do, do you talk you have a, to them? The about course that? was excellent because it starts off. We are members of a community worldwide. Uh, now we are members of the Australian community. The Australian community does not want to wantonly invade or destroy. However, we've got the dilemma that, in fact, it looks as though there may well be a security problem, like you've got now with the raving and the ugly talk about, you know, uh, who's out to destroy Australia. Um, in those days, I mean, the, 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 the population protested in those days against the Vietnam War, you know, I think they held up traffic and people passing, what, the corner of Flinders and Swanson? Huge demonstrations they had. Uh, we do not want our boys to be uh, 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 killers. Uh, we sorted through that conscientiously, I think we did very well, until in fact we were known to be uh, in Vietnam as what? Ambassadors, you see? Uh, minimal, minimal, minimal bloodletting. Uh, and in fact, we would win the minds and hearts, you see? Which we were good at, the Aussies, winning the minds and hearts. 
We're not too good at now winning the minds and hearts. Um, so I spent four years full time with, uh, and then the end of the war came, uh, uh, and there were no more soldiers going to Vietnam. So I got I got out of the full time duty of a character trainer um, and became uh, a parish priest at South Melbourne. 1973. But that, that character training course, I would use it now if I could, if I was in a place where I was, you know what I mean, adjunct professor of God knows what, character training. Well, then you would put your uh, alienated and disconnected young people uh, through this um, um, course as part of their... Uh, I'm saying, in fact, prisons should be character training centres. Well, that's, I love that idea. So you tell me more mean? about what you mean by that. Well, I mean, you would be... When you're in prison, you're, you're put in a place because nobody else can work out what to do with you. A, they don't understand uh, how you got there. You see, now the backstory is a very, very important. And we're intelligent people, you see. I mean, as... Uh, who, who was it? Some bloke on uh, fascist uh, mainstream media. Uh, Stevenson, that bloke. <laughs> He dragged out the idea of, uh, what, learning to think like an emperor. And he went back to whatever his name was, um, an emperor who said, oh, God, oh, God, this empire is a mess. Uh, how am I going to run the empire? And he came up with the idea of, I think I better apply uh, reason. See, let's work it out. See, let's, let's get the backstories of all these people that we've invaded and let's try to be uh, uh, culturally competent, you see. Now, I thought, good on you, Stevenson, fascist. Uh, <laughs> thanks for that, because I think that's what we have to do in Australia, a secular humanist society, is uh, you're not going to say Jesus said to his disciples, look after the poor, because that's, that's not, that's not the, 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 the language of secular humanism. Secular humanism must adopt... The language of the uh, of the of the Greek philosophers, which is uh, 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 which is to think things out, see, think things through, come to a rational conclusion about. Now that's what we're not doing. Now we're all knee jerking and we're all what feeding the. What I saw in a book recently a nice phrase: uh, the fear-driven elite panic. So they're terrified that anybody strange in society doesn't look like them, doesn't sound like them, doesn't smell like them or eat what they eat is uh, a stranger and the stranger danger. Now that's very, very sad because this place, you know, was built on, on immigration, you see. I'm an immigrant, you see. Um, so why character know, training at all levels, including government, they need to have their characters trained. Otherwise, you'll end up with no character but just personality or temperament. See, which is fleeting, and it's it's like a bubble; it bursts. Character doesn't burst. Character stands the test of time. You see. Um, uh, well, tell me uh, uh, on that. Yeah, I. I'm fascinated by why you think 
we, yeah, there is this sort of lack of character or this lack of thirst for character. Well, you went greedy, you see. I presume you, 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 you ended up following the, uh, the American model, uh, which was money first. Uh, the Aussies, I don't know, were... We had the elite who said money first, but we had the majority... Uh, I mean, I presume you had the 1% who was money-driven. Uh, you had the 99% who were, what? Community-driven, you see, at our best. Mm. Uh, during the what? During the Depression, uh, which is 30s or something. Uh, during the WW2, uh, we all came together again, community-minded. Wish me luck as you wave me goodbye. Uh, pack up your troubles in your old kit bags and smile, smile, smile. Roll out the barrel. All of that stuff. The folklore was in fact a true reflection of the, uh, of the uh, I'm not going to say the national uh, conscious, conscience, because I don't like that idea of nationalism. I'm going to say the community conscience. You see, the thing we're trying to build since we invaded the place. Uh, which we, we, we really need the, the, the indigenous people, the originals, uh, to share with us their three essential uh, building blocks, which is what? Uh, the dreaming, uh, the tribe, and the elders. See? Now, I put this out once on Twitter. Oh, God, I said we need to have what the aboriginal people have got. The sisterhood came out. And got me. Said, what a bloody cheek you are. You eponymous toad. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's nice, that. They said, how dare you? You're recolonising. You see? You're trying to invade again. I'm saying, darling, all I'm saying is, and I think that in the spirit of what the Aboriginal people, I've got a lovely word I can't remember, Mikaratha or... Mika Ratha, I think it is, which means let us sit down and work this thing out together. And see, I said, that's what we need to do. Australia Day should be the Mika Ratha Day. And see, where you sit down and you work things out together with the original owners and our settlers or invaders, whatever. You know what I mean? And you come up with this lovely thing, which I think is built into our constitution, whereas the people of Australia decided to form a commonwealth. Hello? Well, let's do it. Let's form a common wealth where there are no... where no one is left behind, you see? And the elites do not live in fear of the others. Uh, there's a nice bloke on Twitter from the United States called... What's his name? Horvath, who runs a thing called Invisible People. Uh, and he's saying, and he's making a marvellous point, and I wish to God we could do it, um, uh, the elites cannot possibly know uh, the invisibles unless they hear them and see them. So he, print, he does now little, uh, what are they, GIFs? G-I-F-S? Yeah. Graphic into something or other? Technically the guy who came up with them said they were pronounced GIFs. But, oh, did yeah. he? But yeah. But I think everybody still goes with Well, gifts. those things, you see, which you can see on your mobile phone, you've got an app or something that says, uh, how's the Commonwealth going today? Press the button and up pops a, 
I'll let you know how the Cobwell's going today because uh, I've just been thrown out of my house. And, you see, the truth will set you free. So... Yeah, well, that's a lot of load of... No, that's, I mean, I, I, I love that because I think, well, there's a couple of things there that I really want to kind of step back through, which is, firstly, I am of the belief and have obviously, you know, been of the belief for a long time mm. that we cannot truly, you know, kind of celebrate our country until mm. we make a genuine effort to reconcile yeah. our past and the truth of our past and yeah. be completely honest about what did happen to, you know, the original people of yeah. this land and yeah. then find some way of us moving forward together yeah, yeah. but i also think that uh, and i don't know if you think the same thing i think we miss a great opportunity to celebrate you know the fact that we have the world's you know oldest living yeah, you know, people in this land that yeah, we have this great there. history because because we are ashamed of what happened or we want to pretend that what happened yeah. didn't happen we then miss out on being I able told to celebrate Twitter that i think we've inherited the dna of our convict past uh, there's a thing that they're calling, I don't know, scientifically, what are they calling it? Epigenetics, mm-hmm. uh, where we inherit not only the DNA of our of our immediate ancestors, but the DNA of our beyond that ancestry, which is the convict. Now, I wonder whether, in fact, because we were treated badly, whether we haven't inherited the, uh, the knee-jerk reaction of, well, bugger them. Uh, uh, they're doing all right. They got uh, they got the doll. They've got this. They got that. Bugger them. Uh, treat them badly. You see. Uh, treat them harshly. You see. Uh, uh, and they, somebody had on the on the thing. I forget who it was. Uh, one of those uh, early uh, uh, paintings of a man being flogged at the uh, triangle. And I'm saying, well, I think that's maybe our attitude to people uh, who we uh, think should be able to look after themselves but who aren't. We'll flog them at the triangle and that'll bring them, uh, that'll bring them uh, sense into them, flog sense into them. And that's, that ugly Australian attitude, um, I'm afraid, you see, is coming from somewhere. Um, which I will call the dark side, you see, which we all have, and a country can have a dark side too, see. And I think the, uh, the struggle now is to not curse the darkness, but to light a candle. So explain to me how practically we do this. As somebody community. Who's- You've got to install community so that society has a soul. So how, though? Like, I mean, obviously... Well, neighbourhood-wise, you've got to do it in bite-sized pieces. Okay. So I think you've got to establish compassionate communities. Oh, sorry, compassionate neighbourhoods. Work on the neighbourhoods. We're lucky to be able... We're lucky to have neighbourhoods. I think they have, uh, in a minute, on ABC TV... Um, what do you call it? That, 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 that treks into the bush. Mm-hmm. Beautiful sessions where, in fact, you... Uh, uh, you're taken off the beaten track and you go out and find extraordinary community in the outback. Uh, we need to have extraordinary communities uh, in built-up areas, you see. Even you go across your Westgate Bridge and you go to Tarnit and you go to all those places, uh, the developers must first install 
uh, community hubs, including adventure uh, parks for teenagers who will be living there. Um, in fact, I was <laughs> I was amused the other day to see that the zoo says, "Oh God, oh God, we've got uh, teenage orangutans. Oh God, oh God, they're doing bad things. Let us do something. What will we? They installed a bloody adventure pl- uh, park mm-hmm. so that the teenage orangutans all of a sudden had fun." And they had things to swing from and they could chase each other and God knows what. And I said, darling, well, that's what obviously, that's what adolescence is all about. Uh, It needs to have fun and it needs to be approved of. And at the same time, it needs to be given what? Boundaries uh, beyond which uh, we, uh, the the compassionate neighbourhood, cannot have them go, you see? Because their natural instinct as teenagers, uh, adolescents, will in fact may be to uh, to uh, to push the boundaries naturally. Well, we will help them tribally, and we'll have elders uh, tribally, uh, locally, um, who they can uh, what look up to. Now, who are they? I'm bugging if I know. Who are these elders? You see, are they the uh, city councillors? Um, North Melbourne Football Club has got a show going, you see. Uh, the elders would be the um, uh, key players and some of those from Sudan and all the rest of it become mentors, you see. Now, that's what we need, you see. Otherwise, the finance empire will offer us only that uh, desiccated uh, model of if you're an achiever financially, well, then you become some kind of what? Faux elder. You see, look at us. Take your, take your example from us, you see, upwards and onwards. But you see, that's, that's uh, soulless. There see? seems to be a, a prominent branch of you know, Christianity yeah. at this stage that uh, subscribes to that yeah, idea of, course, of the prosperity, prosperity theology. Yes. No, it's, it's, it's faux. Uh, it, it's, where did it come from? Well, it came from the United States of America um, uh, where they built their huge uh, auditoriums for huge entertainment slash... Um, uh, entertainment slash revivalist... No, they're wrong. You see what I mean? You've only got to go back to the founder of the firm, you see, uh, who I, I won't get away with it, but I said, hashtag Galilee gang. (laughs) You see what I mean? Uh, Who said, they said, well, what are we? Are we to uh, attack the Romans? Uh, The Maccabees had, the the Maccabees were part of the Roman, of the uh, Jewish rebellion against the Roman occupation. And they said, oh, hello, uh, should we be doing what the others are doing, the Maccabees? Should we be, uh, uh, I think they had a, a vow to kill a Roman a day, the zealots, a Roman soldier a day. Uh, and he said, no, 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 no. He said, look, they'll, they'll, they'll go anyway. They'll get sick of us and they'll leave anyway. So what we have to do is to go around and try to build what? Um, community, people who uh, look after one another. See, because if the dark side can't stand the idea that the light 
will in fact shine in such a way that it becomes what your uh, ancestor here in Australia called, what was it, the light on the hill? Yeah. You see? The light on the hill, or as Martin Luther King said, I have a dream. Well, we've got the bloody light. You see what I mean? Morrison is now being uh, an evangelist, saying uh, this is uh, the world's leading, this, that, and the other thing. But you see, he means it's, uh, it's, it's uh, exclusively for achievers and he will decide who the, the achievers are uh, i think he's changed it hasn't he his brand manager must be saying darling i think you're on the wrong track uh, well let's go for quiet australians you see what i mean not for achieving australians uh so the brand manager uh is leading him astray because he's got nothing else you see he can't uh, come out and say by the way i'm a hillsong uh, evangelist and I want you all to be saved, and you all have to turn to your 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 your. your. He can't say Jesus, I think, because his the Jesus movement flies in the face of the Hillsong model. Do you see what I mean? So I know they sing and dance right. about Jesus, <laughs> but you see, it's 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 not you. It's not it's not you. It's not your real Jesus. It's not your Jesus philosophy. No, no, no. And mind you, even your Jesus said, listen, I'm off because this is really going to, you are all going to end up working something out, which I don't agree with, so I'm off. (laughs) So you had that disappearance. But what turns up? The bloody pigeon. The dove. See? And uh, it's called in, in our grand narrative. Mm-hmm. It's called the uh, the spirit. So we've now got the spirit of Jesus, but no Jesus uh, four dimensional, see, or three dimensional. Now the spirit of Jesus, in fact, becomes the what the grand narrative that has to be pursued by faithful followers of. You see. Now the spirit, in fact, uh, is 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 the ultimate uh, what adapter app. The spirit of the spirit is Jesus app. You see what I mean? Now, if you got the app, you see, well then you can press the button and uh, say, "Look, I'm in the middle of deep depression. What does the spirit say for me today?" And the spirit may well say. Uh, toughen up princess or the spirit may well say uh, don't overdo it today take a break a kit kat whatever you see now we need that bloody app and that's what headquarters did before they cleared out I'm off he said I've had enough of this Uh, but I'll send you the spirit and the spirit will be available to everybody everywhere all the time hello what happened to that? The bloody church intervened. How do you... Re- and you ended up with the clergy domination of the Jesus movement. Well, how do you, as, you know... Uh, I'm a card-carrying Roman Catholic uh, uh, priest. Exactly. And, look, you know... In good standing with the Roman Catholic Church in Melbourne. It's, it's, it's been a re- reasonably difficult time for the church. Yeah. Um, and, and you see often... But you there's know, a new thing on okay, now called... 
I read a lovely article the other day from a bloke in Canberra. What's it called? Catholicism's quantum leap. Hello? Mm. We've got to go. You see, we've, that model's buggered. You see, it's tired, it's worn out, and it even became toxic with sexual abuse of people by officials. So he said the quantum leap will mean that uh, the next model of Catholic will in fact be mystic. You what see? does he mean by that? Well, more mystic, more in touch with the spirit than in touch with the institution. Yeah. You see what I mean? Uh, we will be... I like that, you see, because it came out during Vatican II, which was our, I thought, mutually acceptable uh, resolution of the Reformation, I thought, you see. Um, and it's about, what, 1960s, I think. That came out and said, look, boys and girls, uh, guess what, what? Uh, why don't you get out of the bloody church is where you believe that Jesus is really and truly present in the church building because you've got a red light that says he's here. Why don't you get out of there, darling, because you've turned it into uh, a comfort station, whereas it's meant to be a pit stop. You're supposed to come in, get your engine tuned up and get out and go where? Into the marketplace, you see, and be the spirit of Jesus. I think that's what your Muhammad said to his lot once. He said, look, I mean, you're all quoting me the Quran." He said, I don't want to you to be talking Qurans. I want you to be walking Qurans. See what I mean? For example, we're going into a meeting about the Quran. You see, a committee meeting. There's a bloke sitting on that seat there waiting for a feed. We will feed the man first and we will then go to our Quran discussion group. You see? Now, it, it, you've always got that ambivalence. You see? Uh, the philosopher then comes in and says, look, I've told you before and I'm telling you again. Use your reason. You see? If that man over there is not fed, he will become maybe sad. He may then graduate to mad. He may then, some of them, go the next step to bad. So use your reason. Cut him off at the pass. Feed the man. And give us time to work out uh, how he ended up on that bloody bench. You see? Whether some rich dude uh, didn't pay him and he ended up on the bench. See, it's all... I like that idea. Reason can sort all of this out. Now, if we marry... And I think that your God, you see, who's got bad press as being the... Uh, what do you call it? The puppet master? No. Sorry. I think your God is, in fact, a good... Uh, and in fact cosmic and in fact available to all by that bloody app so I, look I, I have a great deal of uh, like I, I absolutely see that we are 
that they are the invisible people. Yeah. You know, and it seems to me that more and more we see people on our streets, yeah. we see people who have slipped through the cracks, yeah. and it feels like. And a lot of people at home would never come out. Yes, the, right. People who are being left behind Never by society out. in general. Yeah, socially, socially, I'm calling, what am I calling? Uh, socially disabled people. So how as a society, how as people, do we stop leaving those people behind? Rather than what oh. it seems like is happening at the moment where there's more and more of them yeah. and people are going further and further away yeah. and not wanting to see that. Yeah. How do we reconnect oh. with the idea of that? You know, it's it's that's the ultimate question. I think you should get your your neighbourhoods to become compassionate. It's these simple things. Uh, there's a there's a woman, a local woman, uh, in fact, who's written books on it, the designing of a compassionate neighbourhood, and she says all the things that you need to have a compassionate neighbourhood, and she only came in the other day and said, by the way, there's a thing I should add to that, and that is uh, breastfeeding facilities. Hello? You see, because she said uh, uh, you need to have places where people can do those things. Or even as we know now from disabled, physically disabled people, they say, oh God, oh God, we can't use um, ordinary disabled toilet facilities because we need a carer to come with us. You see, now they're little things, but we're rational and we should be able to pay attention to details. Um, uh, like today, hot weather, hot, 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 hot. Let us carry bottled water for people who are sitting on the footpath. Let us car- carry bottled water uh, to hand to a street worker in Fitzroy Street, St Kilda. You see? Let us leave no one behind. Now, that becomes the kind of the battle cry of the Commonwealth. How you do it then, because you're stuck on your what? System of uh, bureaucracy. You're stuck with it. You now have to have a bureaucracy of what? Uh, Not only who's efficient, but who's effective. You will then have to introduce a whole brand new army of workers, not social workers, but what I'm calling people whisperers, based on the film The Horse Whisperer. See, we've got all those alienated people out there. There's that bloody horse down there who says, don't come near me or I'll kick your ass. You see, I need help, says the horse, because I was involved in trauma. See, so he sits here, the people whisperer, far. The horse is allowed to eye him off until such time as the horse says, oh... Well, he, he might be he might be the real thing. So the horse trots down to the the bloke, and they then form the relationship that we need in the community to have that relationship of people whisperers, who we let other people, neighbours, uh, street people, uh, we don't rush up to them and say I'm here to help you. You see. We let them eye us off, come to the conclusion, because we smiled at them. We even knew their name. Little things mean a lot. Gradually build up that, what am I calling it for the, the rich? I want them to could give me money. I'm calling it a social capital investment. You see what I mean? 
buy shares in this social capital. You see? Hello? That means the neighbourhood has to own this people-whispering uh, revolution. You see what I mean? Don't have your agents telling you how to talk to people, for God's sake. Uh, an interpreter, you'll have to, what, gradually, gradually, softly, softly, catchy monkey. See? And it all starts, allegedly, with the smile. I remember, uh, I don't know, I forget his name, a nice man, Barnaby Joyce, not Barnaby Joyce, <laughs> a federal politician. <laughs> Who is he? A nice, quiet man. Oh, God, I heard him on the wireless. He said, I drive all over the place in the electorate and I'm depressed. I've got to keep going, driving, driving to the next meeting. Uh, classical music helps, but he said, I've discovered a new thing. He said, the pen. I do this. He puts the pen in his mouth, not pointing in, in horizontally, and he said, what happens is the muscles of the face lift. And he said, guess what, folks? We're... Uh, we're, a, we're neurologically designed so that if the muscles of the face lift, the mind says, hello, time for a lift. And he, he reckons that that worked. Now, simple things like that we need. The smile becomes the, uh, the badge of the people whisperer, you see. And finally and ultimately, uh, there was a bloke, a Jesuit, who wrote a book, he went to India years and years and years ago, and said, I am here to help you, Dalits, the untouchables. The woman said, darling, if you've come here to help me, forget about it. She said, if you've come here so that we can help each other, you're welcome. Aha, look what we've got here. See, now that becomes the, uh, what, the uh, the motto or the 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 the, the, the the few words, bon mot, of the people whisperer. See? If you've come here to help me, forget about it. If you've come here so that we can help each other, and that's what happens. You see, whenever we go out feeding people in parks, uh, I'm saying we go there because it's uh, mutual uh, character training. See, we learn that these people are the most resilient and courageous people in our community, unrecognised, you see. If you want to put a face on like the, that mob did Time magazine once, it put a, a mirror and said, man of the year, person of the year, look at the mirror. You would do that for uh, housing ministry people. You would put a house on the front page of the Time magazine and say, this is the person of the year. You see? Resilience and courage. You see? And I'm pl proud. I, I, somebody sent me from Scotland where I come from. My, my, my ancestors come from the uh, Maguire motto, for God's sake, which is Fortitudo et Justitia Invincibilia sunt, which means courage and justice are unbeatable. The combination. 
So isn't that nice? So I thought, hello, this is a bit of epigenetics. Uh, come back, you know, uh, to, to, to needle me. That that's what you have to be involved in as part of your grand narrative, you see? Uh, so one of the groups that, you know, we could learn from and help as much as you know, each other is what we're doing with, uh, you know, the refugees. Yes, you know, of course. Coming to Australia. And there seems to be a case of we've kept them out of sight so that we can keep them of out of mind. I mean, we're afraid of them because they're strangers. You see? The Aussies are frightened of strangers. Per se. <laughs> you see what I mean? Now, that's what we have to, what? We can unlearn that. You see? We unlearn it, of course, by... What? Gifs. Gifs. <laughs> Having people... Hello. I saw one the other day on Twitter. Lovely one. Lovely one. With people saying, we are the people that you think are, uh, 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 are a gang. We're not. I'm doing psychology. Yet. All of that lovely stuff. Just tell the bloody story. The Aussies love stories. We had... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Banjo Patterson. And we had that other man... Uh, Banjo Patterson and the other man, storytellers from way back, and they told t- they told us we need more stories, you see, and less what, less propaganda. You see, the story comes from the heart of the of the of of of, of the individual, but also it comes from the heart of the uh, the tribe, tribal stories, and they're magnificent. You know, whatever about W W two. Uh, and the Kokoda Trail and all that kind of stuff. And Changi, for God's sake, did not our one of our great tribal elders, uh, Weary Dunlop, when asked by a reporter uh, on his return from a visit to Changi again one day, excuse me, sir, what did you learn when you were in Changi? <laughs> what a question. See what I mean? Uh, a junior, a cadet. Uh, interviewer he said I learned to put others first hello now that should have become the clarion call the trumpet call for the Australian Commonwealth so it's all very good having a statue of him up there in the uh, domain Weary Dunlop and I'm saying you should have a thing where the voice comes out of the statue and says put others first and you will have a Commonwealth or if you go down further down the domain is the magnificent Fromel statue with one digger with another digger over his shoulder and that caption is, don't forget me, Cobber. See? Now that's the folklore which I think uh, overrides a political... Statements. Do we get too caught up in the building, of, you know, the building of statues and the celeb? Well, not the, the commemoration of. No, I like these, it. It's it, all imagination. That's part of it, but we do we miss the message behind these things in the celebration, or is there a better way that we could? Well, be that's where you've got to have your two? people whisperer. Yep. Who becomes uh, he? Like I'm going down to Port Arlington for the Australia Day celebrations as an ambassador. See. Now, well, I'm not, I'm not going to be intrusive and, and, and destroy people's uh, willingness to celebrate Australia. 
as a, as as a, as, a, as a as a as a commonwealth, but I'll just maybe just intrude into it with a little bit of don't forget that uh, our fa- folklore says that we must look after one another. See, if we don't look after one another, nobody is. The bureaucracy is efficient but not effective. You can't expect too much from the bureaucracy. You see, you need to you need to uh, you need to give mouth to mouth resuscitation to the bureaucracy because it doesn't breathe the air of compassion. You see what I mean? And we've got the algorithm in my foundation. What's the algorithm say? Care, communication, concern, compassion and common sense. See? Now you can't expect a bureaucracy for God's sake to, to follow that algorithm, you see, because they're paid to be efficient. Uh, we're not paid, but we are expected to be effective. And to be effective, you've got to have care, communication, concern, common sense and compassion. You see, that's the algorithm of Australia Day. You see? Now, it doesn't matter whether you come in thongs or... I put a thing on Twitter a minute ago, a photograph. Uh, somebody sent me from uh, a priest mate from Mildura, Pat Flanagan. Uh, he sends me lots of photographs. And this is one of... Outside the Sydney Stadium, 1960, Frank Sinatra appearing. There's a whole crowd of people going into the stadium. And the comment is, not one thong or singlet amongst them. Because they're going to an occasion. Right. See? They know. If it's an occasion, it's an occasion and you'll dress up for it. See? Not by legislation, but simply by uh, uh, aspiration. See? Do you think there's a, been a shift in our psyche a little bit in this country uh, that between... I think that there was a time where we felt very lucky to be here. You know, we felt like that to be an Australian, you've won the lottery of life, you've landed, and I understand this isn't everybody's story, but I just mean as yeah. a guiding principle. Well, you are, even if you looked at the map. Right. It's a, You're that's far out of the place. They're like that, that Lenny Henry from England, yes. comedian. He said, oh, he said, I was talking to somebody on the phone before. They said, where are you? He said, far. They said, what do you mean far? He said, well, that's what this place is. It's far. You see? Now, I like that idea because it is far. And especially in the deep south, it's far. And, and therefore, in a privileged position. Once a jolly swagman, you know, camped by his billabong under the shade of the Southern Cross. And he sang and he what? And waited for <laughs> believe yeah. the Billy was going to boil, right? Yeah. yeah, but I mean, who'll come a waltzing Matilda with me? <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, it's we true. all have to hunt. We, 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 we all have to put the the, the bloody uh, what do you call it? The swag. Hmm. See, equally, each one has to carry the swag. I feel like there was a point where we felt lucky about the life that we had and it's shifted to a sense of entitlement about the life oh, that we yeah, have. Oh, yeah, FOMO. Mm. FOMO. Fear of missing out. Replaced by, what's the other one now? OMO. Uh, the washing powder. 
the one that's the one that's fiber the one that's fear of uh, of uh, of uh, overpricing spending too much on a place oh really oh yeah you get into the place you say oh darling what have we done hey so FOMO would what is it FOOP FOOP <laughs> fear of overpricing overpaying see we've got these bloody things these these you know, what they really should be miners canaries they really should be hello my dear Miners canaries, which are alerting us. You see, the miners canary, I think, cheeped, chirped whenever it detected poisonous gas in the mine. Died in the process. But some of us have to do that. That's the Jesus movement. You see, hanging with Jesus, literally. You see, so chirp, chirp. We have to have people in our community who chirp when there's poisonous gas around. And the poisonous gas just now is that business of uh, um, the fear of missing out and the fear of overpaying. Terrifying people. They get into the beautiful building and they say, darling, what in God's name have we done? Because we are now the slave of the bank. Now that's... That's almost, oh, I shouldn't say this because it's irreverent, this should almost be as terrifying as having lost your identity on uh, a manus. So that was the aim of the exercise, put you in manus, rob you of your identity. See? We won't flog you, but we will rob you of your identity. After a while, you won't know who the bloody hell you are because the... Uh, What's he call it in the book, Bucciani? He's uh, uh, no friend with the mountain. He calls it the uh, curiocracy or something. The overriding governance is depersonalise this person and we've, we don't have to worry about anything else. Now, the same thing happens in uh, if you depersonalise uh, people uh, because they've gone broke, you see? Housos don't. Housos are Australia's leading money managers, right? If it's medicine or food, they have a choice to make and they make it ruthlessly. See? They know they can't have both. You see, the FOMOs and the FOOPs, unfortunately, haven't got that inherited wisdom. See, that's wisdom. Huh? And that's the wisdom of, 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 of the swagman, you see. He just packed up his swag and he went because he knew there was nothing here for him. Keep going, see, and you'll find your way. See, there's light at the end of the tunnel and it's not always the express train coming. You see, it's more often the way out. Huh? I am interested in, it seems that you still have an insight, like a thirst for knowledge, a thirst yeah. for hearing new experiences. I, every for, morning I wake up with the intention of writing a, the next line in the poem or the next note in the symphony. You see, 
We're born to be creative and innovative. You see? And that gets me out of bed. You see? There's something waiting to be done. See? Whatever time's left to me this 2019, I've got two things I want to do. One is um, we have a, a camel farm given to us in the Pyrenees, up in Ararat somewhere, mm-hmm. camels. The couple said, oh, God, oh, God, we've got 238. Uh, if we install an amenities block, we can have day trips to the camel farm and it will become uh, not a camel sanctuary only, but a healing place, you see, for tired, sensorily deprived uh, city dwellers, including houses, you see. So that's one of my aims this year. That's a big... You know, I want to, that I look forward to that. The other thing is, we've got going. We had a big bus given to us by a man from a woman, a man and woman from Bacchus Marsh. It was a food bus. They became old and they said, "Take it." We've now turned it into what's called a cyber bus, you see, or a tech bus, which will fill with whatever they're called uh, computers and things. And we'll go around on a tour to the houses and we'll go around on a tour maybe to juvenile detention centres and we'll go over the bridge to uh, stark areas like Tarnit and we will maybe give people for the first time, young people for the first time, not necessarily only young, the opportunity to uh, maybe uh, take a step into that new world, brave new world of IT and C. So they're two things that I want to, if I can, survive this year, two things I'm aiming at, they're goals, you see? Now, if I can do that, as far as I'm concerned, my foundation, which started 40 years ago in St Kilda with street kids, you see what I mean? Uh, Take it to the, the new level of what I'm calling the grand narrative, the story that started down there, like the dreaming. We have our own dreaming, which is... which is. We need to have that. Every neighbourhood, in fact, Port Phillip itself as a, as a region has got a grand uh, narrative because it includes the crossing of the land bridge of the original owners came across there and uh, settled here. It's a big story, you see. Now, if you get the big story, you see, you won't be uh, 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 crushed by the minutiae of daily boredom, you see, because it's anything but boring, you see. And that's what we have to learn. I'm learning from Twitter, which I love. Twitter has so many people on there with positive... Uh, thinking and even little things like oh here's a photograph of the uh, blue wren outside on my veranda we'll see we're, we're sensorily deprived in, in the inner city we don't see bloody blue wrens or robin redbreasts or what are they woolly wagtails <laughs> you see and you don't need much you know even the bloody pigeons don't come here anymore you see so that that but that takes us back, don't forget, to the 
to the origins of this uh, of the of our uh, settler uh, population of Australia. Uh, that takes us back to the uh, the wonderment as soon as you go into the outback. See, I'm sensorily deprived because I've never been anywhere. So, You've never been anywhere. No. What do you mean? Well, I've never been anywhere. I mean, uh, all I could do is imagine. You see. Uh, I've never been anywhere. The furthest I've been is what? Uh, up there, Geraldton. No, over there. Well, what's up the top? Cairns. Yeah. But only, only to do a job. I've only gone places to do jobs. Have you been overseas? No. Never been overseas? Never been overseas. Too poor. Too poor. See? Never been overseas except in my head. Right. Because I've got the epigenetic connections with Glasgow. Never uh, had a temptation to make a trip back to the... No money. You've got no money. You can't. (laughs) I'm a realist, for God's sake. I come from a working-class family like Jimmy Barnes. Yeah. You see? But I can't sing me way into affluence. You see? Uh, And also I chose to what? Um... Walk the journey with, uh, with 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 the, with the locals. Now the locals weren't going overseas. This is the tale of two cities. You, you, in the beginning, when I came here, you had the, uh, the working class, uh, Montague, Port Melbourne, uh, but then you also had the affluent Albert Park and Middle Park. So uh, it's the tale of two cities. But the people we were working we were up there in that parish for forty years uh, were the underclass. Um, with the local um, elites uh, loving the place, not because the working class was there, the underclass, but because of the bloody the the, the, the it was a it was an eighteen hundred and fifty uh, building. Now they liked that, and the big house, the architecture, uh, they liked all of that. We got to the stage where we in fact had the parish being the heart of the neighbourhood. With both tribes, elites and deletes, mixing it, uh, which was a, I had hoped was uh, the the goal, but see at that time headquarters got sick of me and said, "Look, darling, you're confusing us. You see, because we're supposed to be there for the Catholics. You see, now you've got everybody there, darling. So they said, go away." So I put up a bit of a struggle for a year and a half and at the end of it I said, oh, for God's sake, look, I'll put them out of their misery. I'll go away. So I grabbed the baby uh, uh, the baby being the foundation, secular humanist foundation and uh, I came down the street into affluent Elwood Park which was the only place offering uh, and I got myself into a shop front and the first thing I did was stick a bloody sticker on the front from Sinorama called Community. So if somebody said, what are you doing here? I'm saying, well, this is what we're selling. The idea, at least. And then I stuck on the roof, cheeky, Father Bob Maguire Foundation, the next generation. See? Star Trek. See? So it's still there after seven years. And interestingly enough, a couple of the local rich... um, are saying, look, we intend during 2019, we intend to 
help you to change from the care model only to the connections model. We will help the neighbourhood to own the foundation. Isn't that nice? Now, if that happened, I could die in peace. So, what does that mean? Because well, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm. This is my like. Yeah, but it would mean now. you would feel as though you were a shareholder, a social capital investor in uh, the Father Bob Maguire Foundation, which he said, don't forget, he said part of this uh, uh, curriculum for the year will be that you will fade out as the executive officer. You will become the founding father. See? So we will have the grand narrative, but you'll be in there as that person. And we will work on how to get the locals uh, through pub events. See, you have to be culturally competent. You see, therefore, you've got to be culturally uh, aware that the locals have their own culture. Now, you're not going to rattle that cage. You see? You've got to you've 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 got to let that culture. Uh, what's the word? What's the word? Um, um, what's that thing whereby the baby absorbs the nutrition from the mother's body? Oh, it's a nice word. It means the transferal of nutrients. So we would end up with my foundation transferring nutrients to the uh, the body corporate and body community, and vice versa. See. Because there's a lot of talent out there with the elites. My God. So that's the aim. 2019. Um, you, you mentioned that you can die in peace yeah. if that happens. But is, is Not death... Not only in peace, but I think I saw a thing about Auschwitz the other day and the bloke said, oh, look, I'm hoping that if I come to the firing squad, I will do joy- die joyfully. Hello? Well, that's, I'd, I'd like to uh, die joyfully, you see? Maybe even singing or something, you know. Always look on the bright <laughs> side of life and then slip away through uh, the wardrobe door. It's a Narnia. Uh, so, what is Narnia to you? Because it's one of those things that I ask people on this podcast all the time. Well, you've got it in my grand narrative of Catholicism. You've got the, the founder of the firm said, "Look, we're not the bloody empire. All right, leave the empire to the bloody Romans. See, whatever the Romans have done for us, let them have the bloody empire. All right, let the clerics up at the temple have established religion. We are." In the streets, all right? Um, We've got a word he used, uh, kingdom. Kingdom. The kingdom of God is among us. Now, it's not a good word for us because we think of kings, queens, blah, 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 blah. He would have thought of the kingdom as the Jewish kingdom, which was... uh, was in their grand narrative, of course, was David, the king of the... See? A young man... Uh, a warrior, uh, marvellous governor, uh, too flamboyant in a sense, and was replaced by the wise King Solomon. See, who wasn't flash, but he was efficient. So the Jews looked back to that idea of kingdom 
as being the golden age. And then they lost it to the bloody Greeks and to the, uh, who else, the Egyptians came with their chariots and the Romans. So your Jesus went walking around talking about, by the way, well, we are here to preach the kingdom. See? Where we as the people, we the people, will in fact form our own uh, governing body, the community, everybody. See? I will no longer call you disciples, but friends. Hello? So who's speaking? Uh, aren't you the son of God? He said, look, forget about the son of God because uh, you're going to confuse yourselves. You see? We are all sharers in the divinity. Now that's nice. It also fits in with Greek philosophy. It also fits in with, uh, I think, secular humanism. There's a nice book written by a bloke called Grayling. Grayling. G-R-A-Y-L-I-N-G. A secular humanist, uh, but he talks about the uh, sacred secular and the sacred religious, because he says both of those are building blocks of our society, and each of them is sacred. Each of them has got its story to tell, you see, and one doesn't have to be afraid of the other, because they're complementary. You see. Now that will be, that would be the uh, dawn of a new age, you see. Which I, which, which, which I think is dawn, is breaking. See, I think we're. It would be a pity if we were churlish enough to be afraid of the dawn. You see, we got so used to it. The dark side likes it. The dark side likes us to be infected by fear and hate. That's the dark side's, on the dark side's menu. And once we start introducing chinks of light and hope and love, the dark side says, hello, we better do something about that and invade the kingdom. Okay? The empire strikes back. You see? Now, the kingdom, which is non-violent, uh, but it's forceful. So you end up with, uh, I think, in the old, uh, the, the, the grand narrative of the, of the Jews, you had a famous uh, couple of lines in one of their writings. Swords will be belted into shape of plowshares. So we'll, we won't be an armed struggle. This will be a, what? Um, uh, an environmentally friendly struggle because we'll be uh, using our what we did spend on armaments, we will be now spending on uh, uh, the Menindee River uh, water course we will now be spending on in uh, getting ourselves ready for the change of the climate. We will now get ready for the emergence of um, the generation w which knows everything. Who are they? Generation somebody or other? 
not the millennials, Generation Y, is it? No, well, Z now, I think. Is it Z? Or Alpha. Generation Alpha might be the next yeah, one. Yeah, 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 but not the next one. There's one lurking in the background, your lot. <laughs> not you my see? lot. Yeah, who know everything, <laughs> you see, and we they could well take over as the philosophers, uh. you see, because what the country needs now is not so much politicians, God love them, who have got limited uh, abilities to be efficient, we want them to be efficient. But to be effective, we've got to have more philosophers and more psychologists and more mathematicians to build that algorithm. Do you, so, do you have hope for... Like, are you hopeful for humanity? Do you, yeah. do you feel positive about, I've like, our story going forward? Not just hope. I've got great expectations. Oh, I think that's what hope means. You see, hope people tend to think hope means I wish. See? Which is uh, like fairy floss. I wish. So it's not I wish. It's I, I greatly expect this is going to happen. I know, because the grand narrative says it's going to happen. You see what I mean? Now, who am I to question the grand narrative? You see, in the beginning there was the Big Bang. People say, oh yeah, well that's uh, got nothing to do with God. Uh, and somebody else said on Twitter actually, somebody else, a spiritualist, said, oh yeah, but it was God who said, gave the order for the bang. <laughs> You see? Which is nice, a bit of each. You see? Uh, and that's why, who was it who took to task those two uh, po-faced atheists? Who are they? Uh, oh, Richard Dawkins. Yeah, and the other one. Sam Harris. Oh, darling, you see, po-faced. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no sense of humour or imagination. Eh? See? So uh, he took them to task and said, oh, for heaven's sake. Uh, see, I've grown as I got older, um, keener on imagination. I think my church, the Roman, the Catholic Church, uh, has lived in virtual reality since the beginning. You see? Reality's one thing. But, I mean, for God's sake, I mean, what do you think churches and stained glass windows and bloody statues and canonisation of saints and all of this rigmarole. It's all virtual reality, you see? And it's, it, it says, will you please use your imagination? What do you mean? At Lourdes, where our camel farm is, but at Lourdes in the Pyrenees in France, they said the girl came home and said, Mom, what? I was down at the grotto where the water is and a lady appeared in the corner. Oh, she said, what the... She said, what the lady said, I am the Immaculate Conception. Oh, darling, that's a bit, better go to the parish priest and tell him, because I don't know what you're talking about. She goes to the parish priest and I, he said, what are you talking about? The woman appeared, what'd she say? I am the Immaculate, oh, he, what he said, that's what the bishops have just decreed during their council in Rome, and you're telling me that the woman said the same, what the, now you've got to use your imagination. How much of that is, in fact, historically accurate to me doesn't matter because it's part of the grand narrative. That's what the lady with the, what do you call it, the water, became the place where lots of people 
who were sick and could find no cure, they were all carted there and went into the bloody baths. And there's, what do you call it? Uh, crutches and there's wheelchairs and things everywhere yeah. to say they left healed. Now, you're going to say as a, as a, as a scientist, at least a scientist, uh, what's the explanation? I'm saying imagination. You see? And that's what I'm pleased with our camel farm because it's in the Pyrenees in Victoria and we're calling the place Lourdes. We need to finish up. Yeah, we've got to finish up. But I I want to, I guess it it brings me very naturally to that idea of heaven. We've talked about death and I'm always interested in the idea of heaven and what what that means to, to you. Yeah. Like what? What? Like, I mean, you know, you talk about the idea of you know the imagination yeah. and this being heaven part of is not another place. It's this place clearly seen. So yeah, that'll be the great awakening. It's in the book somewhere. The book says, "Ear hath not heard, nor eye seen, the wonderful things." that God has in store for us. See, now that's the great awakening. We should, we should be in heaven before we die. I met a woman once here and I, 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 I told her daughter, I said, look, she was dying, she was, she was about to go. And she said, oh, you're a wonderful man, Father Bob. And be that, be that as it may, I said, the look on her face... I said, the woman is in heaven before she's dead. Now, I think that's our... I read somewhere, and I don't know where it came from, somebody said, a parent's job is to teach their children to die well. A bit grim. But I thought, well, if you look backwards, that's the aim of the exercise. They're there, darling. Everything's going to be all right because if daddy's here or mummy's here. And I think that's the, the that's the, to me that will be the uh, heaven is not another place but this place clearly seen, um, and that phrase from the book, I hath not seen nor ear heard. There's a lovely word there in Latin, magnalia, the wonderful things in English, but in Latin it's the magnalia day. A lovely word that's got a nice roll of the tongue to it. Magnalia. The magnificent things, you see, that God has in store for us. And uh, I think, uh, you see, if you have that, do not be afraid. I think uh, a bloke had on Twitter the other day, this is the anniversary of my mother's death, my father died 20 years ago. He was obviously alone, lonely, a high-placed person. Um, uh, and I thought, oh, well, I leave him alone, leave him alone. But I put a little thing on that said, mortal but eternal. In other words, we're all going because the bits will fall off. You see what I mean? The engine will break down. So mortality is part of human nature but the jackpot is eternity we are eternal 
some of your folk songs, John Brown's body lies a moulding in the grave and his soul goes marching on. What the... Huh? The soul meaning the self. The self not bound by mortality. And we know that because, I mean, all, all your lot, you know all these things, all these new fangled brain sciences where they're saying, hey, hello, there might be the brain talking to the brain. Huh? Hello? There's artificial intelligence. See? Who will be talking to my bloody phone saying, would you like the latest record? No, I don't want the bloody latest record. Why are you telling me? Because <laughs> it knows. It got it off the bloody cloud. Yeah. See? Had to pick me up. But as Marshall McLuhan said, before your time? Yeah. The medium is the message, I think, was his early, early ITNC writing. Um, he said, don't forget, it doesn't matter what the bloody hell we do with artificial intelligence and computers. And He said, here, remember this. Rubbish in, rubbish out. So if you're going to fill the bloody computer with rubbish, you're going to end up with rubbish. See? So even your AI... Huh? If it, it's got to be, it's got to be fed by something. It's going to be fed by what? The the, the global uh, human mind. What's that called? Gaia or something? Or mm-hmm. Ganja? No, <laughs> that's a different one, Bob. <laughs> Gaia. You see, which leads me to the final algorithm. www dot www which means the World Wide Web of Wisdom, Worship and Work. For those who believe in God, an explanation is not possible. No, it's not necessary. For those who don't believe in God, an explanation is not possible. So you've got your worship in there, your wisdom first. Don't let anybody go to worship sessions, whether it's in a, in a temple or in a mosque or anywhere, unless they are first wise. Wisdom, worship and work. Don't worship unless you're going to go to work for the others. So that's my final algorithm for the podcast. There you go, Bob. That was absolutely brilliant. Thank absolutely. you so much for doing it. People can follow you on Twitter as well. And, of course, uh, the Father Bob Maguire Foundation. Uh, they can uh, uh, check that out as well. Thank you. <laughs>